so. Not that it wasn't done during worship. Thank you, Lord. Gosh, as I just stood back there um, during worship, Lord, I just, I, I, you let me just see this women that are so powerful. And I was just reminded that it's the women that led them out in battle. And y'all are just such, I'm not even praying, I'm prophesying. Y'all are just such powerful, worshiping warriors. And I literally saw you going before the battle and literally just with not even having to do anything but by your very essence and being, I could just see the enemy just falling to right and left. And I feel like everything in me and I know everything in you just during worship got quieted down and settled down because we definitely are picking up on things, right, that are going on in the atmosphere. And we have prophetic antennas that are up. And I talk to a lot of people that um, this is what we tend to do sometimes if we don't recognize that we're walking in discernment is I think it's me. You know, we start to think something's wrong with me. I am feeling like I'm in chaos and like something's happening. And, and sometimes it is. Sometimes it does like start to go on in your own home, right? But so we're picking up on stuff. Um, I uh, also back there, man, I just feel so, like, well, let me tell you what happened first. I wasn't even going to come. Now I'm doing so much better. This morning I got up at 6 and I had the best time with the Lord and I'm just worshiping and preparing what I'm going to say and it was all great. And literally the very first thing that I have written down is what the enemy meant for evil has become a weapon in my hand. And I'm, I looked at that back there and I, I walk out my door and like my feet just went out, both feet went out from underneath me and I'm holding too much stuff and I fell so hard and my new knee was twisted at this really, really weird angle. And I fell on my hip so hard and I couldn't get up. And I, I was already late. And I was sitting there and I was like, all right. You know what it felt like? It felt like in Bible study when I totally like got passed out, you know, and I'm like sitting there going, I'm just not going to teach. And then I open my mouth again because I'm getting tired of this, you know. And I was sitting there and I was so shaken. And I started crying and there's no one around. I was like, well, can I get up? And then I literally started to tell myself, your knee is titanium. Nothing can happen to it. All right, my knee's okay. My knee's good. I have my hamstring on the other hand. I was so rattled and I was so shaken. I called Joey on the way over and he prayed for me. And Deborah and Anne Marie grabbed me and prayed for me back there. And, and Sue came and prayed for me. We're just such a powerful group of women, you know? And it is so true that what the enemy might mean for evil, the Lord is so sharpening and making it a weapon in your hand. And I sat back there in worship and I heard Jesus praying through me and prophesying and I started pacing back and forth and I heard him say I am consumed with zeal for my house yeah. I am consumed with zeal for my house I am consumed with zeal for my house Jesus is passionately pursuing you that word zeal it means emotionally passionately fervently pursuing you he is he is so after all of you he is so consumed that what the enemy might be distracting us with, pain does not have a right to prophesy over my body. Pain does not have a right to prophesy over your body. Anxiety or torment or fear or lack does not have a right to speak over your life. God is prophesying over your life. He is prophesying over my life. And he who has an ear, let him hear. And what am I listening to? And I am sitting there on the ground and I'm like, Okay, I am really hurt. And you know, to be honest, this has been a little bit more difficult than I thought, the whole knee thing. Knee is great. Like, it is great. But when you walk weird for like, you know, months, 
your back tends to get in like a little out of alignment. So I'm like going to a chiropractor, I'm going to a manual trigger therapy guy, I'm doing everything I know to do. And I'm sitting there on the ground, I'm like, Dad, gummit, <laughs> devil. <laughs> like, now you've gone and broken my hip, <laughs> you know? But I thought, you know what? He is not the one that I'm listening to. I do not have ears for another. We have been made, the Lord has discipled me. He has trained my ear to hear as one who is taught. He has trained my tongue to speak like a sharp sword. And so I'm just telling y'all, like everything that the enemy has tried to do in this season, how many people have gone through a just hard time? We're just the last season has been difficult. <laughs> and for those of you who hadn't, that's amazing. Okay? Two hands. And feet. I'm telling y'all that it is not for naught. Not for naught for naught. It's not for naught. That everything that has been happening, and she sang it, you know, that the Lord has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And we just get to feast and delight ourselves in him, and the enemy has to sit there and take it. And that everything that has been difficult or whatever, and we're gonna, that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. I just didn't know I was going to have a show-and-tell moment before. <laughs> and then it wasn't God. But, oh, this was the crazy thing, I told them. It was weird because I get all my stuff together, and I have this big water and my Bible and notes and my purse, and I'm walking out, and right when I stepped out of the door, I burst into tongues. I started praying in tongues really loudly. It was crazy. I just started praying in tongues, and then, oh, I don't know what that means, except for that, I, you know, Holy Spirit was like, oh, let's, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I would have gotten really hurt. Because as I'm standing here, I'm telling y'all I'm doing good. Everything is working itself out. And maybe that was like a Holy Spirit chiropractor moment, and everything's in alignment now. So my back doesn't hurt at all. So I'll take that. <laughs> it's a weapon in my hand. My, my sword is getting sharper. And what I want to talk about today um, is you all have one big, rich, fat inheritance. And I, I was reminded of it again on Sunday night, and Chuck, and Chuck is when he was talking to me before, he kind of felt like, oh, I know I've kind of done this message before, but I told him later when I went back and looked at my notes, I'd already been writing down some of those same, same things because I don't think we can hear it enough. Yeah. That declaring the word of the Lord, that we have to have the word of the Lord over our lives. Yeah. That we have, and, and, and the Father, he's looking for the declaration. I don't know why, for whatever reason, but there has to be a declaration made so that it can happen. And we're going to do that at the end if we can get to it, and I'm going to make sure that we do um, so, do you know then who you are? Do you know what's in your hand? Do you know who he has made you to be, like what your inheritance is? Because when you fully know who you are, like when I saw y'all worshiping and I could feel things happen in the spirit, the word that I kept hearing was this quiet confidence. And when I am quietly confident in who God has made me to be, and I know what he's called me to do, there's your authority. That's where I am walking in my place of authority, and I know that you can't take it from me. Now, I could give it, but I know that you cannot take it from me. And the anointing is different than authority. And so in this season, God is increasing your authority. He is increasing the territory, the land that you get to take. I want you to turn to John 15. <clears throat> the Father, he's always been about connection. Is everything good? Are we good? Yeah. Okay. All right. Just want to make sure I put 
the food bank does not come here anymore. Okay, great. <laughs> Did not know that. Thank you. Thanks for taking care of that, Laura. Um, okay, turn to John 15, and I'm going to read it in the Passion. <clears throat> we were out in Vacaville um, this last week. Oh, and I heard that y'all just had an awesome time with Deborah, and it was so good. And I'm so sad that it didn't get recorded. I'm so sad that I'm so incompetent in technology. It didn't get recorded, so it's not on the website, and I'm sad about it. I can't tell you how many times, though, I used to do that, so I totally get it, but... Um, oh, man. John 15. The Father has always been about abiding and connection. And oh, my point is saying we were at Vacaville. Bill Johnson, we had a day, and Bill Johnson talked all day. And you know when he starts, like, flowing from this super, like, revelatory place, and you're just like, ha, ha. And he was talking about a lot of different things, but one of the things he was talking about was um, prayerlessness. And he said that, pers- that prayerlessness just might be a reason for personal lack. And one of the things I realized in that is, what is your MO? When the heat gets turned up and things are coming at you, what is your go-to? Like, do you just come out swinging and you hit harder and you just, or like for me, I get quiet. I just get kind of quiet and I kind of like, and so when I say the word prayerlessness, I live from a place of abiding. I am so aware that he's in me and I'm in him and we're in constant communion. But I, the weapon in my hand are the words that I'm declaring over my life, over my children, over my family, over my finances. Over, And that is the place where I might shrink back and get quiet. And so I'm telling you that what we need to do right now is as the heat is turned up, we come back even harder with the words out of our mouth. That the words that when he tells me as part of my inheritance and one of my life scriptures that he tells me all the time is I have trained your hands as weapons for war. I have bent your arms as a bow. I've made them a weapon. Well, I know that that doesn't mean physically. I know I am not physically and literally going to go and fight with people or fight with the enemies. I know that it's the words that come out of my mouth. And so when I say that that is happening, when he has called me that, that I cannot forget to be using my words as that weapon so in connection and in union i just want to read it in in the passion i think it's so beautiful he says i am a true sprouting vine and the farmer who tends the vine is my father he cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest The words I have spoken over you already have cleansed you. So you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you're my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separate from me, you are powerless. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. So the vine, when I used to hear, and let me just say, it's, 
when he prunes the fruitless branches, I grew up kind of in the theology, or at least in my own thinking, that it was kind of like, just chop that limb off, you know? It was like, <laughs> Kelly, you screwed up again, and I just got slapped on the head. You, did anyone else like grow up thinking of, oh, and, and the pruning in the Greek, it, it means, in the Aramaic, it means cleansing. He gently, he's cleansing us, and he takes the branches to himself to further care for them. And I used to hate the word pruning. I heard Chris Balaton, or I didn't hear him say it. I think I saw it on his Instagram. He said, everyone wants the promises, but no one wants to be pruned. And that's a word right now that I'm hearing over and over. And the pruning is for our abundance. You know, I used to have a garden, and I still, like, have pots of plants. I've moved to an apartment now. And whenever I would buy impatience, I know that when you buy impatience, do you know that, like, you're supposed to pick off all of the flowers? Did you know that if you do that, what will happen? More. So much more. Well, that is so painful for me. Like, I can't do it. Because <laughs> I buy the ones that have the most flowers on them because I like instant gratification. <laughs> I do. I'm like, I know it would be better if I buy those ones that are tight and the buds haven't bloomed yet, but I just want to plant them and have them look pretty. Yes. So I do that, and they're really pretty for a couple weeks, and I was like, oh, well. But if I were to just prune those things, I'm not pruning them because I hate my plants. I love my plants. I'm pruning them because I want to see more beautiful, abundant flowers. It's like when I had my garden, and I had huge garden beds. If you've ever seen a picture of me working in my garden, which there is a nice one floating around that some of my friends take delight in. Joey took it of me. It's, it's amazing. It's pretty hip. One of Joey, he, he actually Instagrammed it. It's unbelievable. I can't even say it on tape, and I cannot say it out here, really, who, what I look like. I'm in this muscle shirt, and I have on this tennis skirt, I guess, and this muscle shirt, and like my hair is all awful, and the window's up, and he's looking down, so the angle he gets me in even. And it's when he, he was sick, and he was supposed to be laying around, and so literally he started following me around and the, did the life of times of Kelly Custy. Like, that's so interesting, and everybody wants to know it. So he would catch me in the grocery store, and he'd go, Kelly, and I'd turn around, and I'd have the scowl, and post it. And then I'd be washing the car, and he'd post it. So this time, I'm out in the garden, he bangs on the window, and I have weeds in my hand, and I look up at him, and I'm like this. Oh. <laughs> and I look huge. I look like, I can't even say what I normally say. I look like a Russian wrestler. Like Helga, the Russian wrestler. I look huge, and my face is all, I kind of look like a troll. And he posted it. So lots of my friends screenshotted it and saved it. Whenever they want a good laugh, they just pull it up and look at my lovely picture. Why am I saying that? Oh yeah. So I have this huge garden beds. And again, I can't decide what to buy when I go, so I want to buy every variety of tomatoes and peppers and literally everything, so I just pack it full. And it's great at first, and I start getting the vegetables, and it just gets overwhelmed and overwhelmed, and the entire thing just, my garden is huge. And I'm supposed to get in there, and I'm supposed to prune it. Like, I'm supposed to edit, you know? And get in there and, and tweak back and break off and do all of that. But again, I just am a little undisciplined in that area and I can't do it. So for the month of May, I have great tomatoes and peppers and vegetables. And by July, it is just overtaken by leaves and vines and no fruit and no vegetable. And so what the Lord is doing in this season, when I hear the word pruning, I know he's saying it's the word dokimatsu. Remember, we've talked about it a lot. It's the, it's the goldsmith, and the fire is turned up, and that stuff that's rising to the top, and he just gently cleanses off. 
You know, the Apostle Paul said, all things are lawful for me. Like, I can pretty much do what I want, but not all things are profitable. And so in this season, part of that pruning in my life might look like the Lord's going, Kelly, you know what? That's worked for you well in this past season, but it's not profitable for you anymore. And what was re- what, what you used to get away with, you're not really going to get away with anymore. What was required of you then is not what's required of you now. And I'm not talking works. Please don't hear me say that. I'm not talking works. I'm not talking earning. I'm saying that I know what he has spoken over my life and what I'm going to do what I'm going to see, and where I'm going to go. And those things that used to work for me do not work anymore. They're not okay. I'm not talking sin. Please hear me. Y'all understand what I'm saying? I mean, it could be spending my entire morning catching up on some show on Netflix, you know, whatever. So he's saying, Kelly, as he's skimming some things, as he's showing me that persona that you'd created, who you thought you were and how you had to act in a certain situation or perform, you don't need to do that anymore. Wow. I've made you super powerful. And I actually created you, each of you, how I wanted you to be and need you to be wow. to display my glory in the earth. That's good. That's good. There's a Thank you. <laughs> I like that. I'll take it. I need the feedback. When it says that... Um, He's going to display the... What's oh, in Ephesians? I need to look it up. Hang on, real quick. I turned on the air back there, but it doesn't feel like I did. Is anyone else hot? It's Human. stuffy. No, always. I knew it would be once I saw the soup. Literally, I couldn't see outside when I woke up. It was just so crazy. It says that... Um, yeah, Ephesians 3.10. Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. You... The church, he is displaying the multifaceted wisdom of God, the beauty on display, you, the glory of God, the brightness of his rising, the glory that is seen upon you. He is displaying, once again, before who? All of the rulers and the principalities in this realm. And that when I decide to act outside of who he has made me to be and think that, well, I like the way she teaches and I like the way she acts and she looks, so I'm going to try to be that. I am not being the authentic Kelly Festi yeah. that he has made yeah. to shine my light and just display my beauty and glory yeah. in the earth and in the spiritual realm. So we have to realize that every time we do that, I am cheapening the authentic work that Christ did in me, that God the Father did in me before the foundation of the world, who he made me to be, who he made you to be. That's what I'm talking about when I'm saying he's pruning, he's cleansing. He's telling me that this is not profitable for you anymore. Yeah. Wow. Joey out in Vacaville spoke at one of the leader sessions of this little thing. He actually, Dano surprised him and said, hey, Joey, come on up here and share. And he had no idea what he was going to ask him to share on. And, but he made this statement, and as I've been thinking about it more and more, I don't think Joey realizes how prophetic it was. But he said, in the kingdom of God, we are not supposed to, and he was talking about some work that we do in Africa, some impact investing that we do in Ethiopia. And he said, in the kingdom, we are not supposed to be about sustainability, but about profitability. Mm-hmm. And that's a buzzword if you, in mission work and NGO work, you know, in Africa or different places about like sustainability, like teach them how to farm their land and it needs to be sustainable. Yeah. 
And that's the, and that's that's so true. With us, it's not about surviving. It's not about getting by. It's not about just sustaining what we have. It's actually about moving into profitability and profiting. And so there's some things that I have to take stock of in my own life and inventory of my own life and realize that's not profiting me. I can't move into the profit column, the profit margin, when I am still just trying to hang on because this has worked for me this far. Like this is, I've been successful. And listen, that's pretty easy to do, isn't it? Like this has worked, I'm not changing it. And so he's calling us to be wild, bold, radical women of faith who take risk and are willing to let go of the old so we can step into something new. And I'm telling you, the new that is here is all about you taking new territory, new ground, new authority in your sphere. So in John 15, then what he's talking about in the other part, when I used to my old mindset, when I hear, you know, that we live separate from him, if you're separate from him, you're powerless. Once you're born again, you cannot be separate from him. Okay? You're right. Nothing can separate you from him. You are in him and he's in you. But you know what can separate me is my thinking. That my thinking, the way my thoughts are, what I choose to think on, to dwell on, to meditate on, that can separate me and that makes me powerless. As I'm meditating on and and, and the truth of God, the word of God, my life union with him that I have, that's, that's what makes me powerful. But that's not what I wanted to uh, talk about. Um, hang on. Okay, well, in case since I don't get to hear it on tape. Oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Um, John 17? No. No, John 15. 15. Um, so the separation, it's in my thinking, it's when I'm listening to the wrong source. It's when I said that, pro- that pain cannot prophesy over my life. Well, I can choose to sit down there and be like, well, now I've broken my hip and pain is speaking and I'm just going to have to even pay more money to more doctors and more people or I can go, no, 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 no. Now, granted, I'm not an idiot, and I will go to the doctor. But you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what I'm saying either. But it's that I cannot afford to be feeding off of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that tells me I'm separate and outside of God. The reason, when, G- when the Father said, I've got these two trees, they're in the middle of the garden, and here's this tree of life, and that one is a, it's the, feed, the fruit that we're supposed to be feeding off, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and he said, do not eat from that tree, and yet they did. It's that was the tree that told them that they were separate, that they were other, that they needed more, that they needed cover, to cover, that shame came in and fear came in and blame and all of that stuff. And I recognize when I begin to suddenly listen to the voice of another, when I begin to feed off of a lie, it's when I start hearing and then saying out of my own mouth, you know, I'm not really that gifted. I really don't have a whole lot to say. Maybe I really should just sit down and shut up. Or maybe I am just gonna be in pain for, now that is how, do you know, do y'all ever hear those voices? And so what we're doing is we're feeding off of the wrong tree and it tells me who I am not instead of feeding off of the, the right tree who is the I am. 
I love in Psalm 1, oh, we'll look at it in a minute, we'll look at it in a minute. So when I'm, oh yeah, turn to Psalm 1. I'm going to turn to it. I'm going to mark my place here. Mark your, keep your place in John 15, so we're going to come back to it. Turn to Psalm 1, and I'm going to read it in the Passion. Psalm 1, 1. What delights come to the one who follows God's ways? He won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am. Meditating day and night in the true revelation of light, he will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of life. When that's where I'm planted, when I am feeding off of the I am tree and my roots are going down deeper, I will always have more than enough. It will never run dry. That's where I live in my union with him. The I am lives in me and I am in life union with him. And you know, it says in 1 John 4, it says, as he is in the world, so are we. So when I'm feeding off of I am who he is, and who he is in me, that's who I'm manifesting in the world. That's the spiritual realm, the spiritual territory, the, the spiritual revelation that I'm putting out there. Ephesians 1.23 says that we are the fullness of him who fills all in all. That you actually represent him in the earth. That the glory of the Lord is resting upon you. And it is filling the earth with the knowledge of who he is by displaying who you are. So I really can't afford to sit there and be listening to who the, the enemy tells me I'm not. I can't afford to give him my authority when I listen to his voice instead of the I am. And sometimes those things speak loudly. Believe me, when I was sitting there with my leg twisted in this weird position, I mean, I was... I literally wanted to hang it up. I was like, I'm going to call, and I am done. <laughs> that didn't last long. Thankfully, I know. Remember, how long should it take us to return to joy? Because literally, joy is my inheritance. Like, pretty quickly, I know how to return to joy. It doesn't mean I'm not crying. doesn't mean I'm not hurting. It doesn't mean I'm, like, not a little shaky. But I'm like, I am going to declare what I know to be true. Right? So here I am. The verse, oh, go back to John. I told you to keep it. John 15, verse 7. This is my main point. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you, ask, you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. Wow. Do you live in life union with Jesus? Do you abide in him? Does he abide in you? Are you in life union? Then you need to be asking for something. We can ask. He wants us to be asking it is so powerful and it is so important. That word ask, it actually means to desire, to call forth, to crave, to require. So what are you asking for? Are you asking for anything? The inheritance that you have that's full of promises. Like I know what God has said to me about my children specifically. And I know what God has said about our business and our finances. I know what God has said about kingdom life. I know what God has said about my ministry and what he's called me to do. But there's something that he wants me to do in the asking. 
He's about fellowship. He's about, like when Joey comes home from work and I say, well, how was your day today? What happened? I'm not needing and wanting the information. I actually am desiring the fellowship. I'm wanting, and I want him to ask things of me. It touches me when Joey wants to ask things about my heart. It's showing I care and I want to know you more deeply. When my children ask me for something, as a parent, I, I delight to do that for them. It's all about fellowship. It's all about this love relationship that we have. And he tells us to ask. At Romans 8.34, it says that Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father, and he is interceding for us. So this asking, that intercession word, which I never knew this, I looked up the root word, and it means to hit the mark of one throwing a javelin or an arrow. It means to obtain, to get, and to make a case. So his intercession, what he is saying, what Jesus is praying constantly over my life and over your life, it's hitting the mark. It's actually like going right after that thing and it receives the answer. So when I join in the intercession of Jesus, he's just asking me to ask back of him what he is already declaring. I want to get ahead of myself. I'm not going to. Turn to 1 Peter, verse 1. 1 Peter, I mean, chapter 1. And I'm going to read it in the English Standard. And I'm going to make more sense of what I just said in a second. 1 Peter, chapter 1, uh, verse 3. Are y'all there? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Let me just say this real quickly. The inheritance that you've been born again to, it will not die. It will not fade away. Nothing can diminish it. Nothing can cause it to perish. He is reserving it for you. It's kept for you, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, as was necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So as was necessary, it says, this stuff, whatever it is, when you raise your hand and you raise both hands and you raise both feet and said, yeah, I've been going through some hard times. <laughs> it says, as was necessary so that the tested or the proven genuineness of your faith would rise up in praise and glory of him. And here's the deal. It's not your faith. I used to think, well, I mean, that just means I don't have enough faith, so I need to muster more up. I need to try harder. I need to quote some more verses. I need to spend longer in my quiet time. Does any, I mean, like, I do, faith comes by hearing, by hearing the word. Well, the enemy used to twist that for me, though. And, and, and did you know that the enemy will use the word to, like, beat you over the head with it? 
So he'd be like, yep, you're not listening enough. You're not reading the word enough. You're not saying the word enough because you don't have enough faith. And so I would try to go get more until I discovered that in the original language in Galatians 2.20, and I like it in the Passion, so I'm going to read it in the Passion, but in the English Standard it says, that is not I who live, I have been crucified with Christ. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not in the Son of God. Of the Son of God. And in the Passion, he says it that way. Uh, Galatians 2.20. I know that for many of you, this is like kind of repeat, but sometimes I can't hear it enough. Like, I need to be reminded, oh yeah, it's not about me. He kind of has done it. Galatians 2.20, my old identity... My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. So the faith of Christ is the essence, is the energy of our life union with him. It is what flows. I don't have to go try hard. I don't have to muster it up. It's his very essence of who he is, what Christ knows to be true about me and about all things. Is the essence, is the energy that is divinely flowing through me. The reason that he's asking us to continue to meditate upon what he says, the the fresh preceding word of God, to meditate on who he says that I am and what he says is true in the earth, what he says in this word, is because that is just feeding my faith and my faith is growing. And every time I take a bold step and I step out on faith and I exercise it, it grows. The enemy's calling card is fear. And it's, you know what, you better stay down there on the ground and you just better realize that now you're going to even be worse off than before. If I feed on that thing, I will begin to believe it. And do you know that it actually will begin to be true in my body? As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What I meditate on, what I believe to be true is actually, remember I told y'all when I actually started thinking, well, I'm going to start having shallow breathing and I'm going to quit breathing and all that. I convinced myself that that was what was happening, and it was. Now, my breathing is not getting shallow. I can take medicine, and I am not like all of a sudden deciding that I'm going to die because I no longer will entertain that lie and the thought from the enemy as he's telling me those things. Not that he doesn't try. Not that it's not there. It's that I refuse to feed on that. I know where to eat. So this, the trials, it says, as was necessary, that's what the fight has been about. It's the turning up of the heat that my faith is being proven so that the Lord can get to the deeper stuff, the inheritance stuff that I've been contending for, the stuff that you're contending for. So here's the point that I want to get to. These are the things that I have to be continually reminded of. I have been made in the image of God. I have been filled with his Holy Spirit. I have been given power 
and authority by him to extend his kingdom on the earth. Remember Matthew 28? Jesus, he's crucified, rose again. He's been appearing to the disciples. And the very last thing he tells them, he says, all, all power and authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. I like in the Passion Notes, the original Aramaic says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. So I've been given all power and authority to actually act in his stead, to represent Christ in the earth, to proclaim what he's saying, that I am made for intimate connection with the Father, that he is longing for fellowship with me. He is longing for that intimate connection. And you know how I'm going to begin to see the change? is through my decree. It is through my words. Chuck said it on uh, Sunday night, and it's a good reminder that worlds literally are created by my words. It's Proverbs 18, maybe, that says um, that a man will live by the fruit of his words. Death and life are in the power of my, of my work. Death, oh, I wrote it down somewhere. Yeah, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So where I am right now is I'm paying attention to what am I saying? What is coming out of my mouth? And you know what was coming out of my mouth at the beginning of this whole journey? Seriously, what was coming out of my mouth at that point is, I'm never going to feel good again. I hurt. I'm in pain. I think I'm going to die. Like that was just one big fat lie. That was coming out of my mouth. And if I could, remember the Charlie Brown series, Peanuts characters? Do you remember? Who was Pigpen? Remember he'd walk around and there's just this like cloud of dust around him all the time? You know, it was like the essence that he just carried around him. Like that's what that stuff looks like. When I'm saying that, like that's what it looks like. But when I am speaking words of life and power and it's the intercession of Jesus, I'm getting into agreement with him and I'm saying what he's saying, I'm hitting the mark and things are happening. I don't know why it has to be, but I do know that declarations have to be made. The Father says that shall I not do in the thing in the earth unless I first reveal it to my prophets, my servants, the prophets? That a declaration just needs to be made. Turn to Psalm 2, and this is really where I want to go, and at the end we're going to just write down some things and do a little bit of table time. Psalm 2. Verse 7. I will reveal the eternal purpose of God, for he has decreed over me. Let me just tell you first, this is what Jesus is saying. This psalm has several different parts. In the first part, the nations are speaking. The second part, God is speaking. This is what Jesus is saying. I will reveal the eternal purpose of God, for he has decreed over me, meaning my father has decreed over me, you are my favored son, and as your father, I have crowned you as my king eternal. Today I became your father. Ask me to give you the nations, and I will do it, and they shall become your legacy. Your domain will stretch to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is saying, this is what my father declared over me. He's entering into, he's giving us a glimpse into the intimate communion fellowship with father and son and he's telling us here what the father has decreed over him 
He's saying, here's the decree of the fathers. I will reveal the eternal purpose of God. And then he said, ask me of nations and I will give it to you. The father could have just given Jesus nations. The father can just give me my inheritance, what's due me. But he's wanting the dialogue, the participation, and he told me to ask for it. And the way that I ask for it is I declare it out of my mouth. I make the decree. Jesus is saying, here is the decree. So we get to see, we get drawn into the intimate communion of Father and Son, and he's asking you and I to do the same thing. He's saying, Kelly, nations will come from you. You're going to birth nations. Ask me for them. So what are you asking? Specifically, what are you decreeing? What's coming out of your mouth? And sometimes the declaration that comes out of my mouth, it's like I loved it on Sunday night. I don't, not everyone goes to um, Kingdom Life, I know. So on Sunday night, Chuck taught about on the prophetic word, and he had some of our prophetic team get up there and, and give out some prophetic words, and they were awesome. Like, they were just so good. They were so sharp. And uh, Diane prophesied over this family, couple and what she prophesied over them was promotion that I just see and I don't remember the whole word but basically it was that there's promotion coming to you and two days I guess the next day yeah the next day something that they had been getting very frustrated about and believing for which was the promotion in her job on Monday they called and she got that promotion Now, they, she was due the promotion. They were frustrated that why the promotion wasn't happening and weren't sure what was going on. And the prophetic word is declared Sunday night, and Monday morning they call her. Coincidence? I think not. Like, a declaration has to be made. Um, I, I can't remember if any of you in here knew that. Well, you knew. So my earrings. So I have these earrings. I love costume jewelry, and I wear costume jewelry all the time. So, yeah, you didn't know. So I have these earrings that Joey gave me years ago, and they're real, and they're, they were expensive, and I love them. And I don't wear them that often, um, and this has happened once before, but I lost one of them. Somebody said, hey, do you know that you're only wearing one earring? I was like, oh my gosh, wait, what? You're kidding, no, I can't lose this earring, I love it. So sweet Casey and Ollie came back with me in the sanctuary, and we're looking everywhere for it. And I say out loud to them, I said, I want my earrings back. Now, how many of you know the story, Bill Johnson's story, I want my knife back? Raise your hand if you do. All right. And so there's lots of testimonies about it. In fact, I've done this before with this particular earring. And I was like, I want my earring back. And I told them out loud, I'm going to say it out loud. I have to make the declaration. I literally said to Casey and Ollie, I have to make the declaration. I want my earring back. Well, I looked everywhere for the earring. We looked in the pews. We looked everywhere. I looked in the parking lot. I looked in my car. We looked everywhere, and I couldn't find it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I really don't want to lose that earring. And I said, Lord, will you please just put it back in my jewelry box for me? I walked out the door and looked in the mirror to see if they matched my necklace. So I knew I was wearing them. And when I got home and I walked straight into my closet and I looked at my little jerk and there was my earring. (laughs) So like the declaration, the words that we speak out of our mouth, they're super powerful. The Lord is watching over his word to perform it. He wants to perform it on your behalf. He is consumed with zeal for his house, which is you. He is passionately desiring and longing to fulfill the desires of your heart, to give you your inheritance. 
I, I want my children to get their inheritance, right? So this is what we're going to do. Kelly, can I share a declaration? Yeah, go for it. Um, last week, October 28th, Sunday, we were on a cruise. We had just left the harbor in Florida. We were about three hours out into the ocean. And at that point, they uh, turn on the stabilizers of the ship when you get into rough water. The stabilizer worked on one side of the ship, and on the other side, it did not. And our ship went like this. And um, the only declaration I could make that was coming out of my mouth is John was falling. He fell several times. Glass, everything was flying. Uh, we were on the downside, actually. And I, we'd been out on the balcony. And had we been out at that point, we wouldn't have been overboard. But um, I just said, Jesus, right the ship. Jesus, right the ship. <laughs> and in one minute, it took one minute. But one minute is an eternity when you're thinking yeah. about it. <laughs> he righted the ship. And I know he righted the ship. Yes. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. So it's really important. And so this is what I want you to do. I want you to write down, just begin to write down. I want you to do this at home too. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. Um, what are some of the desires of, of your heart that you know God put there that you haven't seen yet, that you haven't stepped into yet? What are some of the things that you know God has put in your heart? So jot that note down. We're going to do it in a second. And then I want you to, the other thing is get some scriptures. Get some life verses. Do you have life verses? And I want you to begin to declare them. I was talking to Daniel McCullum this last week when I was out there, and I was telling him some of the predominant prophetic words, the thing that I keep getting over and over and over. And he said, Kelly, I feel like God is saying that you need to begin declaring that's who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's what you do as your heavenly identity. You just need to, you don't have to say it to them because that might be weird, you know? Like, here I am, come to you to like save the day. But you're gonna, like, declaring who you are out in the atmosphere. Because me declaring my heavenly identity, who God says I am, I begin to step in it and walk in it. And we'll see the fulfillment of it. So get some scriptures, like one of mine, my life scripture, and that he gave it to me 20 something years ago is Isaiah 43. And so what I would say is, Lord, you said, you said that I'm a voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord and make straight in the desert a highway for our God. I have like 10 to 15 life scriptures that he literally spoke to me and he gave me. It's part of my inheritance. And it's important that I begin not just knowing, yeah, they're back there somewhere, but I put them in front of me and I begin declaring them. And in declaring them, I'm stepping into them and I'm seeing it. I'm decreeing all that God has promised and all that he said. And here's then what I want us to do. I want us to agree with each other. We're going to agree on it. You know that in the law in Deuteronomy, it says that a matter is established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Jesus, when he's teaching the disciples, he says, if two of you agree on earth about anything in heaven, it shall be done for you. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the law. 
It's not just an old covenant principle. Jesus brought it into the new covenant and said, it's super powerful what you agree on. That's the confession of our faith. The word confess means to just say the same thing as another. So I'm agreeing. I am saying what God has said. I'm getting into agreement with God. That's two. And I'm going to grab someone else and I'm going to have them be in agreement with me too. And that's how we are going to begin to see established in the earth those things that he has spoken in the heavenlies. That part of your inheritance. So we're going to agree with it. Um, Oh, I had a scripture written down. So, two or three witnesses agree on something. So you're going to write a couple things down in your journal. Part of your inheritance, desire of your heart. It could be about your children. It could be about your own ministry. It could be about your finances. I want you to write out one or two. If you have a live scripture, I want you to write out one or two of those. Or at least just jot them down. And now I want you to confess with each other. Agree with each other. Those of you who have huge tables could spread out onto other tables. Maybe that would be a good idea. Um, And we're going to say them. It's why we tell each other our prophetic words, what God has spoken over. Because when people know, they call that out in me. They remind me who I am when I forget. When I'm sitting on the ground calling it quits, just saying, I said, I quit. No, no, this is what God has said. They're calling me back into my heavenly identity. So that's what y'all are going to do for each other. So go for it. Okay, ladies, really quickly, just really quickly. I don't want to stop this powerful ministry, so please do continue, but I just want to wrap it up just so that those of you who do need to leave can go. But I want you all to think about like this. When, when other people aren't sitting with you like this, and I can tell some powerful ministries taking place, some powerful things are occurring, and I can really feel it as well. But remember this when you're home alone. The verse, Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him, meaning the accuser, They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. And so the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so when we, that's how we're going to overcome. So when I'm sitting in my bedroom, I am declaring what Jesus said. Jesus is the faithful witness. So it's like you're sitting in a courtroom and Jesus being the faithful witness I'm agreeing with his testimony and I'm saying his testimony before the judge. And how many knows that the verdict that's rendered for me is pretty much going to be in my favor, right? So that's what you're doing. We literally are like sitting in a courtroom and I am just giving the the testimony that Jesus has declared over my life. And the righteous judge says, yes, and I'm into that thing. So know that when you're not even just sitting in here, but you're in your bedroom, that's what's happening. So it's super powerful. So right now, I just thank you, God, for every single one of the women in this room. Thank you for the desires that you have placed in their heart. I thank you for the scriptures that are prophesying over their life. I thank you, Father, for the things that they are going to walk in. I thank you for their big, fat inheritance, Lord. And I thank you that the decrees and the declares that they're making out of their mouth, that the confession of their heart, that their agreement with you is bringing abundant fruit and prosperity in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.